Long ago in ancient Mesopotamia, a civilization laid the foundations for Christianity, but in ways one might not expect. Hosts Denise and Buddy Wood go on a spiritual and thought-provoking journey, uncovering and exploring some of Christianity's hidden truths. Join us as we unveil and explore the mystery that is the remnants of Ur. Welcome to Remnants of Ur. My name is Denise Wood. And I'm Buddy Wood. And in our last episode, we concluded the story of Abraham, a man who recognized the Spirit of God in the midst of a blood-sacrificial religious society. Abraham's story is a perfect example of how difficult it is for a human to shed cultural beliefs and how those views affects a person's perception of what the Spirit of God is trying to convey to mankind. This is episode 13 entitled Moses and coincides with chapter 8 from the book Remnants of Ur. The story of Abraham and Moses are polar opposites. Abraham is an example of a man attempting to walk away from Mesopotamian culture and spiritually walk with God. Moses, on the other hand, is an example of a man who was so heavily influenced by Mesopotamia that he spiritually led God's people back into the religious trap where Abraham had been set free. The laws of Moses that are written in the Bible are based upon the principle of lex talionis. That is a Mesopotamian legal code which stands for an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Like Abraham, Moses is considered a hero to the Jewish and Christian faiths. There are certain aspects about Moses that both faiths believe to be true. First, they believe Moses existed. Moses is credited with writing the first five books of the Old Testament. He is believed to have performed great miracles while delivering the children of Israel from the land of Egypt. Furthermore, Moses is believed to have written the laws ordering God's people to perform blood sacrifice in order to atone for sin, and it is believed that those laws were spoken to him directly from God. Not surprisingly, just like the creation story and the flood story were borrowed from ancient Mesopotamian literature, the details surrounding Moses' life closely resemble a Mesopotamian story called the Sargon Birth Legend. A baby is sent in a reed basket down a river by his mother to save his life. The baby is intercepted by a benevolent soul, and the baby becomes a great leader. So what is the truth about Moses? For one, the existence of an actual Moses is difficult to validate. He is missing from Egyptian historical records. Furthermore, according to scholars, it is highly unlikely that the first five books of the Bible were written during the time that Moses would have been alive, even if he did exist. Pertaining to the laws regarding sacrifice that Moses supposedly received from God, the prophet Jeremiah said it beautifully, God did not command the children of Israel to sacrifice when they were brought out of Egypt. Jeremiah further writes, that those instructions were derived from the evil imaginations of the heart. Where have we heard that before? Remember when Noah sacrificed animals to God? The very same wording 
was used in Genesis. And God realized that the imaginations of man's heart are evil from his youth. Both passages are talking about blood sacrifice. It is derived from the evil imaginations of the heart. So what would make Christians believe that God's Son would become a human sacrifice? Didn't we just see that when God tested Abraham, he stopped him from sacrificing Isaac on the altar? So what would make people believe that God would do such a heinous thing to his beloved son? The answer is that our thinking has been polluted by religion, which came straight out of Mesopotamia. The only reason I am taking a walk through the Old Testament and the Bible's accounts of history is to illustrate where these beliefs are coming from and how damaging they are to the human race. So I have decided to cover only a few points on the chapter of Moses and on the chapter of Joshua from the book Remnants of Ur. I don't want to spend hours on stories full of Mesopotamian mythology. They are really not worth our time. I'm looking forward to getting on to the good stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we got There's some good a lot stuff of, coming. But before we do, there are a few things I want to mention. In regard to Moses, he is credited with getting the Ten Commandments from God, and they can be summed up with love God with all your heart and treat your neighbor as you would want to be treated. They're pretty simple. That's what Christ taught. said those two things, that wraps up every single commandment. These Ten Commandments were written on stone tablets and placed in a solid gold-plated wooden box called the Ark of the Covenant. And the Ark was thought to contain the glory of God. It was shrouded so that unclean eyes could not gaze upon it. The Bible records that the Ark was taken on the shoulders of the Ark bearers when the children of Israel would go into battle. And this is where I want to mention Joshua. At the end of Moses' life, he passed on his title to a man named Joshua who had been apprenticed by Moses. The Bible records that it was Joshua who would lead the children of Israel into Canaan to possess the land, the land that God had promised to the heirs of Abraham. The book of Joshua in the Bible is probably one of the most disturbing things I've ever read. It is full of mutilation, dozens of genocidal missions in which they were slaughtering people, young and old, male, female, even stoning and setting on fire their own people who disobeyed. It is deplorable. And this all occurred while they were carrying the Ark of the Covenant containing the tablets with the words inscribed, Thou shalt not kill. And here's the thing about that. You know, we were talking before our podcast today, and so I asked you to look up what, what made them think that it's okay to go out and kill these people when they're carrying the Ark of the Covenant, which contains the tablets that says, Thou shalt not kill. What, what made them think that that was okay? And you looked it up and told us about Harem. Can you tell us yes. a little bit about Harem? So they were practicing a term known as harem that Moses had introduced. The term harem meant that it was acceptable to completely destroy those who threatened to corrupt the children of Israel's pure religion, a relationship with the one and only true God. Okay, there you go. 
first of all, it takes me back to when I first gave my heart to God. And the first thing they start doing is telling you that you're the only one going to heaven, that all the other churches are wrong, they are incorrect, and they are not going to heaven. It's only the people that believe the way we do. And furthermore, I I hate to cut ahead, but as you have done your research, you've come to find out the archaeologists and scientists have, have pretty well proven that none of these things happened, that Joshua didn't march around Jericho and the walls fall. Jericho didn't even exist when that was supposedly happening. It had already been gone. And that Jewish people were a peaceful people and assimilated into their promised land over time in a peaceful manner. Anyways, and, it, and, and at first, you know, when I first started learning about these things, it, I was a little taken back because, first of all, I always wanted to be God's sword. Yeah, he loved the stories of David. Yeah, and, and, and I wanted to be <laughs> God's, God's sword in the earth and take out all this wicked. Well, you know what? That ain't going to happen. It's not God's nature. That's, That's why true. God hates it. God hates violence. That's why he destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Is because he hates violence. And so, yeah, I was disappointed because I thought, hey, what about David and his mighty men? You know, come on, man. Those guys, they were just a couple of, you know, they were just like, shoot, they were just a handful of them and they could take down whole armies by themselves. Well, you know what? You know, we're all going to be a little disappointed in this journey when we come to find that some things that we may have cherished about the Bible just aren't true. And so I did. Sorry, I didn't mean to take over your podcast, oh, no, baby. I, I just, love it. I Thank just you. Wanted to. Uh, You're not it, taking over my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Uh, <laughs> oh my gosh. So, anyways, I don't know where to pick okay, up. Okay, so my... I do. Like Buddy mentioned, that archaeologists cannot find evidence that many of these things ever happened. When Joshua was thought to march around Jericho. It wasn't even inhabited at that time. The children of Israel are believed to assimilate into the area over time, centuries, and uh, fairly peacefully. The book of Joshua was written by sadistic scribes hundreds of years after the story was thought to even have occurred. Yeah, so they're just making this stuff up to make them sound like they were a powerful people. Right. They are embellished, vile stories full of of Mesopotamian beliefs and rituals. And the ultimate crime is that it is taught that our God directed it all. And these are the stories that are taught to children in Sunday school. No wonder there is so much violence in the world today. And I just want to say, Christians, wake up. Religion is the enemy It is because of the love of religion formed by the laws of Moses that Jesus was murdered. Christ disputed the laws of Moses to the religious leaders in the first century, and they wanted him gone. And that's exactly true. Christ says, Moses says this, but I say unto you this. Correct. And we will get into yeah. in-depth study on Christ. Yeah. In, uh, actually, we're, we're coming up on it in a few episodes. The next episode we'll be talking about is from chapter 10 from the book Remnants of Ur, entitled The Prophets. Awesome, babe.
That's all for this episode. Thanks for joining us. If you're interested, our book, Remnants of Ur, is available on Amazon. If you have any questions or comments, our email is remnantsover at gmail.com.